praise the Lord. One last time uh, for our time together in the mornings and uh, just looking forward to this. Like I said yesterday, I'm very excited about opening up this particular scripture with us this morning. We're going to look at a couple different things and I'm hoping to give you some very practical takeaways from the week and some things that you can write down and you can kind of think about putting into practice. One thing I'd like to say, because I'll forget and it's not in my notes, is uh, I was discussing with someone yesterday and what do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? I hope this doesn't sound weak to you, but it's very true and we'll we'll come back to this idea. But uh, one of the things that you'll find if you try to engage people that you don't know or if you try to be more effective in personal evangelism and through friends and your neighbors, your coworkers and things, is it is something that you can grow in. It's something that you can learn. Sometimes you just stumble around. I mean, I know sometimes you might feel like you're just an idiot standing there mumbling or whatever. Don't worry about it. That's fine. God is at work. He's going to use it, whatever you share, and he's also going to use it in your life to grow you. That's okay. That's okay. You'll mess up. You're a weak, broken vessel, and uh, it's God's word that has the power, and so sometimes you just have to get moving. Sometimes you do. I don't know what to do. Just get moving. And let God sort out some of those details. But open your copy of the scriptures with me to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and 21. And we're going to talk this morning about being God's ambassador. I think this is a rich, illustrative truth that God gives us to help us understand what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ. Both the same idea, the same thing. You can't be a believer without being a follower. And uh, what it means to represent God, God here. It's very important to so read along with me. Hey, do you ever feel like your arm's not long enough sometimes? I have to do this. I, don't, I will not submit to bifocals. I will not. I'm not old. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Whoa, that's awesome. That's an amazing scripture. Let's pray, and uh, we'll discuss this amazing couple verses. God, thank you so much for the opportunities you give us to represent you here. And even this morning, I pray that this will be a fruitful time for us as as we just meditate on the week, as we think through what you've been teaching us in James, as, as we've been learning, as we get into your words, and been having good gospel discussion together, that we would all grow a little bit this week, and that we would be changed, and that we would come out of here as fit, zealous ambassadors for your amazing kingdom. And we pray to that end, in Jesus' name, amen. You're God's ambassador. That's a, it's an interesting thought, and... Uh, We've, of course, spent a lot of time meditating on this over the years, and this is not a new idea. Some of this is going to come very quick-paced at you, and, and if you want, if, you, if you're a note-taker and you, don't wanna, you missed some of the scriptures, come talk to me afterwards. But I'm going to go through the, the proof of why this is not a new idea. Now, I'm going to go through this very quickly, but this is really the key point to what we're talking about today, okay? We're going to come through this quickly, but please stay tuned in. God made you, man, in, uh, oh, that's a scripture. God made you, or man, in his image. 
that's incredibly important as we think about being God's ambassador. We are made in the image of God. And there are two words used here. Demut, a, it means a likeness, an image, or a similitude. You know, then explain the word that you explained. And selam, which is a representative image, and it's used of an idol. And so God made it. And it's interesting to me that, that uh, this is, we'll, we'll talk about this, this is why evangelism is so important, because uh, men, we take, and we make our gods, right? And we make them into an image, and we make them what we want them to be, and we worship them. And, we, and in the ancient days, they actually, they still do it today. We, we do work in Fairfield back when I was in Mount Pleasant. And you walk in, and you walk into their house, and there is a, there's an actual idol there, and they're burning incense to it. So they still do it today all over the world and even in America. But we make an image, but God made you to represent him. You are made in his image. You are a visible representative of the invisible God. God made us. Adam and Eve sinned, though, and that image that God made us with became marred. It became marred. We don't represent God well because we're fallen. We're sinners. We're not like him in, in that sense because we are sinners. He is perfect and holy, and we don't represent him well anymore. We should. We just don't. And uh, you can see that uh, we have turned to idols. Very important because we live in a world of sin and idolatry. You are in a world of sin and idolatry. I want you to hear that today because that is key again. You are made in the image of God and you are sent into a world of sin and idolatry. You live in a world of sin and idolatry. The likeness of God was passed on. Oh yeah, this is the idols. It's amazing how many idols we have. We don't have those, though, here in America, which is a good thing because we're, uh, we're better than that. But uh, we live in this world of idolatry. The image of God was passed on through Adam's children. And so every person then, it is true to say, every person is made in the image of God. And we had Noah in the flood. We had the hard reset because no one was representing God well. He had just said, I'm sorry I made these people. And he started over because Noah found favor. Tower of Babel happened, and then God spread the people out, and idolatry began to spread again. Uh, we're really good at idolatry. So God called Abraham. He called Abraham, and he called Abraham out of his homeland, and he sent him into the promised land. Very interesting. Why in the world did God do that? And uh, this is where God sent Abraham. He sent him from his home, and he sent him over into what is called the Fertile Crescent in Israel. You know where that is. Well, people would go through there all the time trading, trading, traveling, visiting places. They would go through there, and as they went through there, they would see the altar to the great king, the only one true God. Abraham became God's visible representative. He was a visible representative of the invisible God. Well, what happened? Abraham's descendants then became God's visible representative in the world. But they didn't do so well. Abraham's descendants failed miserably. Uh, you can see how this is. Uh, Israel's people, then they will know. The whole thing in Egypt, the Egyptians shall know. Right? God wanted the world to know who he was through the nation of Israel. They were supposed to be God's ambassador, right? They represented God in this world. They were, they were the representation. Now, just before we move on, Jesus did it right. 
Isn't that awesome? He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus did it right. He is the exact representation. We could see God. In fact, the only way that you can know God is through Jesus. He was the perfect ambassador, is the perfect ambassador. He came to restore what we failed at. He came. The Word became flesh. No one has seen God. The only God is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. So Christ did what we failed at. He restored what we had broken, including our purpose to bear God's image in this world or to be an image bearer. So we are physical representatives of our creator God, and that's what your life is really all about. That's what you're here for. You have really two main purposes in life, and it is to know God and to make him known, and in the process to bring him great glory. To know God, to get to know him, and to make him known. And that's what we're talking about today, that you are God's ambassador. You were made in his image. Why Jesus saved you? To make him known. Why you are in the world? You're here for this reason. That's it. And what God is doing in your life, for those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image. Isn't that interesting? The image of his son in order that he might be firstborn among many brethren. That's an evangelism statement, isn't it? You're supposed to be becoming more and more like Christ so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many that would come to know Christ as Savior, you see? And so we represent God in this land of idolatry, and we are his ambassador. Now, an ambassador, we come back to this. What is an ambassador? Very interesting that they use that uh, God give us this illustration. First of all, an ambassador is someone who is from a foreign land. Our citizenship is in heaven. Hmm. We're not from here. This isn't our home. An ambassador is someone who is sent from his home country. You're sent. And he's sent from his home country to live in a country that is not his home. I urge you as sojourners. We're sent to somewhere that's not our home. God has left us here. And an ambassador then represents his home country and his home country's interests wherever his home country has sent him or her in this case. So you are called by God. You're from heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're sent. Go into all the world. And then you're here in this foreign land as a sojourner representing the one that sent you. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that awesome? This is what God is calling is on our life. We represent God in a land of idolatry, and we carry his kingdom plan and purposes and his message into this world. That's what it means to be an ambassador. That took a lot less time than I thought it was going to. We're done. No, we're not done. <laughs> Stay with me. That's glorious. That's your purpose. That's what we're talking about today. Representing God in this pagan, idolatrous land. Now today, let's see if I get up here. We're, we're talking about evangelism then. The, the part of being an ambassador that is sharing the message of Christ. That part of it. And so what I want to do today, and, and just hear this and, and, and uh, stay with me. 
I know very few of you, very few. I, uh, some of you are acquaintances now. I hope that we're becoming friends and we can be friends. But I don't really know many of you. And I am not your pastor in the sense that you are in our church. Uh, the only person here, that's my wife. You should pray for her. Uh, but uh, I feel that gives me a little bit of freedom to speak to you. And it also gives me a little bit of a burden because I have no idea where most of you are spiritually. I really don't. Uh, God has led me to come and talk to you about sharing your faith, but I, I have no idea how many of you may or may not even know Jesus Christ as Savior. I don't have any idea. And so I have a two-part purpose in what we're going to talk about right now. One is for you to just review with me what it means to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and what exactly to share. And the second part is, right now, I am going to stand right here, and this is heavy, I've been praying about this. I'm gonna stand right here, I may move a little, I like, I'm fidgety, but I want you to see me, and I want you with your mind's eye to say, that's God, that's God. I am going to stand in the place of God as his visible representative to you today. Now, some of my words will be mine, but I'm going to try to, most of my words, I'm trying to try to make sure I know they're God's. They're going to be from God's word, okay? And so I want you to hear that I, right now, as God's ambassador, I am going to plead with you. I'm going to plead with you right now. And especially if, if you're wondering, if you're up here at camp or if you're going through life and, and things are coming your way and you're just not certain that you're in Christ, you're not certain that you know for sure you're born again, I want you to see me as God sent ambassador just for you, and I am here, I am pleading with you, be reconciled to God. Because isn't that what this is telling us? We are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through me right now to you. You may not want to hear it. You may not be ready for it. You may be under conviction and you don't know what to do with it. But that's what's happening right now. I'm going to stand here and God is going to make his appeal through you and I'm going to plead with you. Be reconciled to God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing through the word of Christ. I delivered to you as a first importance what I received. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so let me stand here and plead with you. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are in a state uh, that you are broken. Your relationship is right now severed with your Creator. You are not right with him. It's out of whack. You're separated from him. You don't know him. You may know all kinds of things about him. You may know much about the scriptures even. You may be in, have been in church your entire life. But if you do not know him, you're not reconciled. You need to be reconciled to God. You need to get back in a right relationship with him. The reason he made you is to know him. You need to be reconciled. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus Christ, he's God. He came in the flesh. 
he was perfect and holy because he's God. He never sinned. Nothing he did was ever wrong. He always did the will of the Father. He was perfect, the only one that ever pulled it off. We're not like that. Remember, Adam and Eve sinned. The image of God was marred. And, and we fell. And we break God's law over and over. And Jesus said, if you lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. If you're angry with your brother, you've murdered them. We've sinned, but Jesus has not sinned, so God came in flesh, and Jesus died a horrible death on the cross. He died in your place as your substitute. That cross was meant for you. His blood, the blood that he shed, was meant to be your blood, but he stood in your place, and he paid for your sin. He paid a penalty that you could never, ever pay, and he died a horrible death. Hear this, that's not the worst part. God who had never known sin, he didn't sin, he became sin. He became sin. He became sin for you. And the wrath of God was poured out on a man that never deserved it. God's wrath was meant for you. He stood in your place and took your wrath. He became sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might, English is a bad language, so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. In Christ, you become the righteousness of God. As foul and broken and sinful as I am, as you are, when the Father looks at me now, because I have placed my trust in Jesus Christ, he doesn't see my foulness. He sees what Jesus did. He sees his righteousness. He sees me as holy. Wow, praise God. He looks on me and he says, you're my child, you're perfect, you're welcomed, you're accepted, you're forgiven. Christ did that for me, and he did that for you. Christ became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God so that you could have his righteousness. The gospel. People are sinners. People deserve hell. You deserve hell. Jesus paid your penalty. Jesus died in your place. Very important. You must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus was a religious man a very good man. And he was a very biblically informed man. You could say in our culture, Nicodemus's family went to church and Nicodemus went to church every time the doors were open. Nicodemus was a teacher. And he saw what Jesus was doing. He grew up in a religious tradition. And, Jesus, and he asked Jesus basically how to be right with God. And Jesus told him, this religious man, this good man, Jesus told him, you must be born again. Remember yesterday we talked about that in Christ all things become new. Examine your heart this morning. Have you ever come to a place in your life where you've said, you know what? I know I'm a sinner. I do. And there is nothing in me that I can put my trust in. Nothing. 
My good works will never measure up. I'll never stand before a holy God. And I need something outside of myself. And I've come to realize that there is only one thing outside of myself that has an answer for me. The death, burial, and resurrection found in the person of Jesus Christ. And the forgiveness that he gives. If you haven't, you're not born again. You have to call on the name of the Lord. You have to turn to the Lord. The scriptures are so beautifully illustrative of what it means. Put your trust in Christ. You can't trust in anything you've done. You can't trust that you've been baptized as a baby. You can't trust that your works will get you that you've been a good person your whole life. You can't trust that you've been a good neighbor. You can't trust that you've been a religious adherent. Nicodemus was probably better than you at that. And he needed to be born again. You can't trust any of those things. Place your faith in Christ. I am pleading with you. Please place your trust in Christ this morning. Be reconciled to God. The gospel truths must be verbalized. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. If you don't know Christ, I would love it if you would come ask me some questions, talk to me. I'd like to get some literature into your hands, open the scriptures with you again, answer your questions as best I can. If you're here with many of us and do know Christ, Faith comes from hearing. It's very simple. You may not uh, be as flowery as, as some or whatever. It's simple to share the gospel. It is. Let God work through you. Faith comes by hearing. Take that step of faith. A good ambassador shares God's message. You represent your home country. This is your life. This is your life. Uh-oh. Oh, I went back. I forgot. Confused myself. This is your life. With others around you, in a different way probably, in a more face-to-face uh, -face way, doing what we just did together, just sharing this truth because you love them and you love Jesus, just clearly and when, and you don't have to have them in that order or whatever, but just pleading with people, would you do that? I mean, people are going to hell. We need to get a sense of humble urgency and see God work. This is your life. God has called us as his ambassador to go out and represent him and make disciples, make more followers, make more ambassadors, and we keep going out and we keep going out and we serve together and it's so fun when, when God is growing his church and we're serving together. Live your life, make disciples along the way. Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. This is how my mind works. If you're not a fishers of men, are you following Jesus? Are you? And I know, I've heard so many good stories. Many of you are. Praise God. Praise God. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep growing and be, being a fisher of men. Jesus said to them, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. That's what it means to follow Jesus. You have this mindset. This is my life. And I've noticed that a lot of times evangelism is about events. I've noticed that. And I think I know why. Because we're frustrated. We don't feel like we're doing a very good job. We need to do something, right? And events can be very good. They can be. I love doing events. 
But I, I fear that a lot of times events replace my lifestyle. Hey, how are you doing? Are you sharing your faith? We had an outreach a couple years ago. Amen? We had an outreach a couple years ago. Hey, I got a better one. Let's get the youth going. Uh, let's get the youth out there. That's fine. If you're going to get the youth out there, though, you take them with you. Teach them. Take them with you. Show them how to, to do it, to share Christ. How are the adults doing? The kids need to learn from our example. Evangelism needs to become your lifestyle. This idea has transformed my life over the last five years. I'm not doing as well as I would like to. I don't think I ever will until I die. But it's transformed my life. Because instead of thinking about it being a duty or something I must do or an event or whatever, I just try to be God's ambassador. It's my life. There's people in my life. I need to talk to them. I, there's, there's truth that needs to be shed abroad in this world. God's representative is who you are. It's your identity. It's your job. It's a process, and it, it will be. It takes work. It takes a mindset shift. It takes daily getting on your knees before God and daily telling yourself, I am going to do this. I'm going to represent God, and I'm going to represent him well. I'm going to do a good job as an as a, as a, uh, ambassador. Let God change you. Change your mind. Change your, what's important to you. Today I want to please God. That's it. That's what's important to me. Change your goals for the day. Do you, you know, we have goals for the day. We are desiring people. Amen? I've got my schedule. I've got all the stuff I want to do. And most of it, you know, I'm hoping I can get all this done so that I can do what I want to do. Right? Change your goal for the day. And when I'm thinking right, my goal for the day is I want to increase at least one person's faith in Jesus Christ today. I want someone to trust Jesus Christ, know him a little bit more at the end of this day before I lay my head in my pillow. I want someone to know a little bit more about Christ and to love him a little more, to put a little trust in him. <coughs> change your mindset, change your goals, change your life, change what you do, change what's important to you. Fundamentally, see people differently. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little comic relief here. I forgot about this. Uh, this dude got the fishers of men thing a little bit off. He was going to go fishing for women. He's got a diamond ring up there, and uh, that's not quite the same, right? All right? Some of you people that are not married might want to try that. I don't know if that'll work. might work. At, uh, follow me. I will make you be become fishers of men. Oh, <laughs> we got to have all these cartoons. All right. I'm this is the event idea. I'm from the church down the street. I wanted to let you know God's got a better plan than whatever plan your church figures, right? You know, just uh, don't regard, change how you fundamentally see people. This takes work also. We were talking about this, uh, some of us last night. Uh, we were at a park. Lori and I, we would drive around at night, and it's beautiful, beautiful night. I have a convertible. I got the top down, and uh, just spend some time together, just her and I. And we went to a park. We like to go to parks. And there's this family, and we have a lot of families from Chicago that have moved into Cedar Rapids, and they bring with them a lot of that cultural stuff. And they were just out there cussing at each other, telling each other they wanted to die. And they just came to blows right in the park. Boom, 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 just beating each other right in the park in Hiawatha, you know. And it just breaks my heart. That's their life. That's normal to them. 
Now, I can sit there and go, ah, oh, no, right? Or I can say, all right, I'm going to regard those people spiritually. I'm not going to say, those are horrible people. I wish I'd go back to Chicago. I'm going to say, those people need Jesus. Those are the people right there that need Jesus. How can I minister to those people? We, we used to even regard, he's, that's a personal testimony. Paul saying, we used to regard Christ according to the flesh, right? Christ changed that, amen? We don't regard him like that any longer. So see people differently. Change your mind. Change what's important to you. Change your goals for the day. See people differently. I threw this back up here again. I made this a few months ago. I don't know if I would have had it twice. But uh, hey, here it is. Put your phone away. Put your phone away. And really, I don't mean necessarily even anything to do with the phone on that. It's change your American mindset. America's crazy. We're not very relational anymore. Everybody has tunnel vision. Don't make eye contact with me. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me, right? I mean, we do. It's just our culture. I don't know you. Don't talk to me. Change, the, change that. Change that. Look up. Look people in the eye. Engage them in conversation. Get to know them. You know, I thought about this week. I thought, man, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, maybe it would be helpful if we did a play acting thing up here. And I would just say, here's what we do, right? And show you how we meet people and all that. But then I thought, you know what? That would be a ripoff. And you would be bored to tears. Because I would be up here yammering to someone for a half hour. That's usually what it is. It's just us talking. Okay? And you'd be at the end of that saying, uh, thanks. <laughs> you know? You can't really, you just talk to people. You can do it. Just talk to people. And, and you'll learn. And let God work. You'll learn to turn those. Sometimes I'm just blunt. We're talking, we're talking. Hey, do you, let me ask you a question. What do you think about God? You ever thought about God? What do you, do you have any spiritual kind of beliefs? You know, especially if someone's a yacker. Tell me about what you believe, right? And you can just draw them in, and you get very easy to tell them what the Bible has to say. And, and a good question, who is Jesus? You know, what do you think about Jesus? But learn to relate to people. Learn to ask good questions. Ask people about themselves. They love that. They are incredibly self-centered. I have never met anybody yet that didn't want to talk about themselves. I remember there was a, a couple we knew, and they were on their first date, and uh, the guy was just talking, 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 talking for like a half hour, and he, he clicked finally. He said, oh, man, i got to quit this. i got to quit talking about myself. So he says to the girl, I bet you're tired of uh, hearing me talk about myself. She was like, yeah. He said, well, why don't you talk about me for a while? <laughs> you know, it seemed like a good idea. People are self-centered, though. They love to talk about themselves. Ask them about their beliefs. And many people in our culture today will say they have none. All right? And, and so that's fine. And, so, and especially young people, I love to ask them, do you think that's smart? I mean, don't you know you're going to die? And, I, and I'm... 52, I'll say, I mean, I'm 52, everybody I know is dying. You're going to die. Do you think that's smart to have no spiritual beliefs, to not think about life after death at all? Is that, do you think that's a good idea? Don't you think you should think about it? Uh, Lori and I, the last person we talked to before we came to camp said, I don't think about that because it terrifies me. All right? Ask good questions. Actually listen to them. Many people that you will meet and talk to, nobody listens to them. Nobody cares about them. If you, if you actually listen to them, you will gain. In, in counseling, what we do as we work with people, we call it gaining involvement. 
And what, what we mean by that is, I am relating to you so that I can gain your trust and you will allow me to speak truth into your life and you will receive it. And I think, you know, a lot of times we're just throwing truth out there and people we have no relationship with. Just throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, right? And, okay, whatever, right? Give them some time. Get to know them. And especially with people at work or people that are your neighbors that you know you'll be able to follow up with, get to know them, love on them, do things for them, earn the right to speak into their life. Hear this. This is very important. I hope you write this down. This is very important. Methods of evangelism will will vary. Okay, you don't have to write the whole thing, but methods vary. I have found, this is an opinion, I have found few things beat conversation and compassion. Methods vary, but few things beat conversation and compassion. You have a compassionate heart. You actually care about the people that you're with. You love them, and you enter into conversation with them. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because the gospel must be verbalized. And so as I love you, you give me the right to speak into your life, and I speak the truth into your life. Okay, we're doing very well on time. Next point. I'm sorry if this is going too quickly. I have that, uh, that happens to me sometimes. Oh, I have these as bullet points too. Learn to ask good questions, listen, care, compassion, and conversation. It's a big one. Evangelism becomes your life. You are God's representative, and you have compassion, and you have conversation. Now some things. What we do. I hope you know the first one. Let's see if I have it up there. We'll find out. Pray. Pray. That's the first one? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Pray. All the time, every day. Pray. God, make me faithful. God, put people in my path. Hey, if, you, if this is hard for you, please pray this. God, please make it easy for me. God, just please, please have great mercy on me and grace. Make it easy for me. Put someone right there and get them up in my face even. Pray. See, God is the only one who saves. It's God. He has to save people. You have to pray. Oh, God, please save some people. Of course we pray. The apostle Paul asked people to pray for him. Look what he said that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. If the Apostle Paul asked us, or asked those people, to pray for him to be bold, I think we need it. (laughs) Amen? I mean, if the Apostle Paul needed prayer, we need prayer. Pray. I'll give you a couple stories. You knew they were coming, right? Uh, We prayed at church once, and we had a small group, and we prayed. It was right after church, you know, and I said, hey, let's get together. And we prayed, we prayed, God, give us someone to witness to today. Come on, just give us somebody, you know. And you know what? God loves to answer that prayer. I mean, I can't think of a time when I've prayed for God to give me someone to witness to, and he didn't. I realize God loves to answer that one. And so we walk out of the meeting. I'm trying to encourage our guys to share their faith more. We walk out of that meeting, and my family drives about two miles down to the high V. We walk into the highway, and the highway in Cedar Rapids is big, and there's a big eating area over there. We walk into V, and here's this dude in V like this. Like this. Hey, 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 hey. You know, I don't know who this is. 
And so I'm, okay, that's the guy, I guess, you know. So we go over there, <coughs> and uh, my family's ordering their food, and it's a dude I knew that's a manager from a gas station that I used to frequent. He was a manager, and we had, you know, the banter with him, get to know people in your community. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I, f- I have forgotten his name, I'm sorry. But I said, you know what, my family's going to eat lunch by themselves. I sat down with him. And I asked him what was going on. He had just retired. He wanted to tell me about it. And we had a great conversation. He has Catholic background. And I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. I prayed with him, gave him some literature. We went through it. And, and he was wrestling a little bit with that. And uh, what are the, what, that's God. And we prayed. God, you know, that's God. Now you walk into high V and some dude is waving at you. I couldn't even see the guy. He was so far away. God had that appointment for me. I asked for it. He did. We were praying at a deacon's meeting once, and I, we prayed, God, please give us an opportunity to share our faith today. Be specific with God. He's a specific God. And uh, an hour later, a political pollster shows up at my door. And I, whenever anyone shows up at my door, I, I tell them, I will give you time if you will give me equal time. And uh, he was asking me a bunch of really nebulous questions. I didn't know where he stood, what he was trying to even say. It was kind of nutty. And then, so then I shared the gospel with him. And he was a uh, believer. And uh, he was a young guy. And, he's, and then when I got done and we talked, and I asked him some questions. And he said, he, he's turned back around and he said, do you do that with everyone that comes to your door? And I said, well, I try. I try. I'm not perfect, but I try. And he said, uh, wow, that's really cool. And I said, brother, what you're doing is a good work, but there's a better work for you. And I gave him one of the books that we're going to share with you. And I said, I would love it if you would take this book, if you would take it home and you would read it and check it with your Bible and make sure that it's right. And then I wish you would take it and tell someone else about Jesus and give them this book. And he said, I'll do that. And that's a lot of times. We meet a lot of Christians when we're witnessing. And I try, and most of the time I do, if, if I meet a Christian, I try to get them to take a book and and make them encouraged that they should share that with someone that doesn't know Christ. So you can also be an encouragement to your fellow Christians to witness better. We prayed at camp up here with our uh, senior hires. I gave them that challenge and I prayed. We prayed together the last day. God, give us the opportunity to witness to someone in the next seven days. And as my son and I, we stopped at a gas station and we witnessed to someone that on the way home and as soon as I got home, there was a, a, a cultist at my door Bump, 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 less than an hour after I got home, cultist. And so I started sharing the gospel with them. And that's the lady that I chased down my driveway and halfway down the street because she wouldn't answer my question. The last thing I said to her was, if what you believe won't stand up to a little bit of questioning, why do you believe it? That's a good question for us too, amen? You better know what you believe. What do we do? Prayer. Let's see what I got up here. As normal life happens, this is big. You can witness two gas station workers. Here's a good one to start with. This is a great one to start with, restaurants. Restaurants. And you can witness to uh, seating people because a lot of times they're just sitting there, not really doing anything. Managers are excellent because they have to be really friendly. And then, and there's a better one though even, are the waitresses and waiters, because they want a tip. And, you know, don't go at off times. Go at 2.30, go at 4.30, when they have a little time. 
and then get to know them and talk with them and sit down with them and converse with them. Uh, I took one of our guys out and we were working through some things and it was 2.30 in the afternoon. We were at a restaurant and we were talking and sharing with a waiter, or I was, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just said to him, hey man, is it okay if you sit down with us? And he said, yeah, I'm really not doing nothing. And he sat down with us and we sat there and talked with him about life and about Christ and shared the gospel with him for 15 minutes. Just, just take the opportunities that God gives you. Restaurants are an easy way for you to start. Uh, if your waitress freaks out on you and blows up, she's in trouble. Okay? So just let God use that easy place for you to witness. And leave them a good tip. Oh my, don't go in there as an ambassador of Christ. As a stingy ambassador of Christ. Leave them a good tip. Um, yeah, go at slower times. Shopping. Oh, gas station workers, restaurant workers, shopping. That's one of mine. Not because I like to shop, but because I don't like to shop. And sometimes my wife will let me come with her, and I don't want to go in certain stores, so I'll witness to the people standing outside. Uh, people are killing time a lot of times in the malls. People are very lonely in our world. Uh, you'll, you'll find that. It's, it's really heartbreaking when you start to hear a lot of stories. Uh, people are lonely. Have faith that God is at work. Get to know your neighbors. That's a wonderful way to do it. Be available and friendly. Take them cookies. Uh, be open about your faith in Jesus Christ. Let them know who you are and who you represent. Be a help to them if you can. Mow their lawn. Have a neighborhood party with food. We had our whole neighborhood in. And, so, and we had our church over as well. So we had about, about fourth of our church and then our whole neighborhood came. All, we had all our young people and... Uh, one, several of our neighbors said, man, this is a great idea. We've never done anything like this. Thank you for doing this. And uh, so you just be a good neighbor. Uh, all, you know, we, we have a lot of ministry with our neighbors across the street. Their, their life is not good. We minister to their children. We have ministry with them. They use, they use our church building. They borrow our stuff. I mean, it's really good. Be available to them. And uh, it's very good. Build relationships at work. I'll take them cookies. Have a neighbor bring me cookies. Um, Make build relationships at work, and really basically anywhere you find yourself. And, and the reason that as life happens is so important because God is at work, and we believe that. And people have problems. Nobody in this, I mean, we know how hard life is, amen? And we have Christ. Could you imagine what it's like with someone without Christ living in this mess? They're going to come to you because they know you are an ambassador for Christ. They're going to come to you. At work, it's a good place. You know, that's, you have all that time together. Literally anywhere you are, <laughs> all right? And uh, prob my son said this is his favorite. My wife said this is her favorite person we ever talked to with. And uh, it may be mine as well. I've prayed for this man ever since I met him. We've met kids yelling in the parking lot and witnessed to them. We witnessed to people in water parks and amusement parks. And we're just everywhere we go. So... We, met, we were walking downtown Pensacola. Pensacola is a beautiful town. Uh, it, Pensacola is an old town, and there is a lot of need in Pensacola. It's kind of a rough place, especially when you get away from the tourist areas. But we were downtown, and we're walking around this really cool sidewalk down by the bay, and the breeze is coming off at night. Wow, I love that. It's so nice down there. And we're walking, and we tried to remember what the guy yelled at us. But my wife thought it was, isn't it a beautiful night for a walk? Something like that, right? 
We think the dude was probably just lonely, okay? And so he was on his bike there, and the guy's name is Bernard. And I would really appreciate it if you would pray for Bernard and remember Bernard. And so we came up to Bernard, and I just said, hey, how you doing? What's your name? And just started talking to him. He said, hey, I'm Bernard, you know, and he was sitting on the bench. And so we gathered around him. I sat next to him, and, and we just started conversing with Bernard and talking about life and everything. And Bernard just uh, unpacked his story on us. And he said, just a few months ago, my entire family was killed in a car accident. My brother-in-law was drunk, and they were with him, and he wrecked the car and killed them all. Killed my four children and my wife. And Bernard was probably 40, I suppose. I don't know. And he said, he, said, he just looked at me with his tear-filled eyes, and he just said, I told my son not to get in the car with his uncle. I've told him so many times, don't get in the car with your uncle. And he, he worked in the oil field. He said he was six months on and six months off. He's from Texas. And he, he, had re, he said, I just don't know how to deal with it. I got on my bike, and I just took off. I've been drifting ever since. And he said, i got to go back in about a month and, and start work again. And, and uh, wow, man, our hearts just broke for Bernard. And uh, I took the time to share the gospel with Bernard. Well, Bernard, you know there's hope for you. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And uh, explained to him, much like I did just a little bit ago, explained to him that he stood in our place and everything. And Bernard said, man, I believe all that. <laughs> I believe all that. And Bernard, Bernard was a brother. He was a brother. We talked more about it. And, and he was a Christian. He was a believer. And he said, you know, I know God sent you to me. I know God sent you to me. Wow. And so we prayed with Bernard and, and uh, just had a, a great time together. We gathered around. And as we were walking away, we spent a probably half hour with Bernard. I don't know. And as we were walking away, another couple was sitting over here, and they were watching the whole thing. See? God is at work, amen? And the dude stood up, and he said, I got to tell you, that was really wonderful to see. It's God. God's at work. Literally anywhere you find yourself, I did not go down there saying, oh, man, i got to witness to eight people today. What am I going to do, right? You know, we're just down there doing life, right? Beautiful night. And God has a gospel appointment for us. Bernard, love that man. Oh, man, I really, can you imagine how lonely he must have been? Giving money, oh, on vacation, as Bernard. Giving money, give money, give money. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Uh-oh, you can't say that at a Baptist camp. Don't tell me to give money. I struggle with that, I'll be honest. A lady came uh, to our church. Her name is Leanne. And she said, she gave me some sob stories. She probably wanted drugs. And I always ask them if I give them money, please don't use my money for drugs. Sometimes they don't like that, but I tell them anyway. But uh, I had a little extra from something. God had given us a blessing. And I said, Leanne, I'm not giving you any money. And she wasn't asking for much. But I said, what I will do is I will buy a half hour of your time. How does $10 sound? I said, that would be $20 an hour. That's probably a decent wage for you, isn't it? She said, yeah, that is actually a good wage for me. And I said, okay, here's your $10. Sit down. I just bought a half hour of your time. I took about 20 minutes, and I sat there, and I just unpacked the gospel with Leanne. Money well spent. You know, whatever Leanne does with it, that's her business. That's between her and her creator. Um, and so you can do that. Buy the time. Share the gospel with beggars. Like I said, that guy that came in. And he wasn't really even asking for money. He wanted me to do something for him. But we bought him lunch and everything and, and uh, spent a couple hours with him.
music programs are really good. Uh, people love music. Uh, gospel programs for nursing homes we used to do. We would uh, play, our, we had a men's group in Mount Pleasant that would play uh, music for the 4th of July celebration. The whole, there'd be 2,000 people there and we would share the gospel and do music and they let us do that. There's all kinds of ways you can do that. You can bring groups in that are musical that are very good and have someone share the gospel. Hosting Bible studies, we love doing that. We've been praying that way and God has been giving us some of those because we want to get a little more in depth with people now. You know, we're just like, God, we don't want to get more in depth with people. And so God is doing that. We're giving Bible studies with people and we want more. But we have this short study on salvation. If you would like to, uh, and maybe before we even leave here, I can get my email into people's hands, but if you would like to give me your email at some point, I can email you the study that we use. It was put together by Chuck DeClean, and it's very good. It's the study my wife came to know Christ with. Stranger on the Road to Emmaus, I know at uh, the church that Cody is from, that they use that a lot, and we have used that. It's a very good study. It's a little more, it takes a lot more time, but it's very clear you will be blessed by it. It's a wonderful study. Family opportunities. Family can be one of the hardest things to enter into evangelism with, isn't it? It really can be. Trust God on it and let him stretch you and grow you. And I have become the family pastor. It's been really fun. All the opportunities God has given me to preach to my family, to speak one-on-one with my family, and they'll know where to turn when they have need and get to share personally with them. Take the opportunities. You know, I'm not saying go in there guns blazing every time you see your family, but look for opportunities to share with them, and God will give you those. Our counseling ministry has been a wonderful place to share Christ, because it's all about Christ, people being reconciled to God. And I uh, had a guy named Gene. How much time I got? Okay. I'm about ready to wrap up. I had a guy named Gene. The, he, was, he had served on pastoral staff, he had taught in Christian schools, and uh, Gene was a very talented man, and Gene's family history was disgusting. It was scary. The guy had been abused. It was a horrible story, and uh, Gene struggled with same-sex attraction, and at several times in his life had fallen into homosexual lifestyle, and he was, he was on staff at churches. He was on the pastoral staff. He was serving in Christian schools and all these things, and so Gene hated himself. And he didn't know what to do. We started counseling the man. And Gene came to realize, man, I've been playing games with God my whole life. I just am not born again. I've been playing games with God. I'm religious, but I'm not a Christian. And he repented of his sins. A secular counselor told Gene, here's your answer, Gene. You need to dump your wife and embrace the homosexual lifestyle. Gene had one person in his, wife, in his life that loved him, and that was his wife. One person that was faithful to him and supporting him and loving him. And the counsel of the world was, you better dump her. <laughs> That's genius, right? And we showed Gene the scriptures. He repented of his sins. And Gene is doing very well right now. His relationship with his wife has just blossomed. And he's growing in Christ. Wow. People have needs. Maybe you would... Uh, a way you can do counseling, and maybe if you're a lady here, you could volunteer at a pregnancy center. You can help people make the right decision to not kill their baby, and at the same time, introduce them to Christ. That's the real answer they need, right? They need Christ. They need to see what they're doing is sinful, and that Christ can forgive them and redeem them. Uh, that's another very practical way that you can have opportunities. 
street preaching, this wouldn't be for necessarily everybody, but some, yes. We had some guys in, in Mount Pleasant, I was working with them, and they decided they were going to go take a giant cross down to the Ped Mall in Iowa City, and one day they took a sign that said, Does God Hate Gays? in Iowa City. <laughs> they had some conversations that day, let me tell you. All right? Uh, hand out gospel tracts at events, set up tables with compelling questions. I love three-door evangelism. Three things God can't do. It's easy, right? It's cool. Uh, people will come to your door. I've witnessed to uh, Mormons. I had an angry Mormon in my face for about an hour. My son got to be there. That was fun. And uh, it really was. I mean, I enjoyed it. But they came back, and that guy wasn't with them, their team, the next time. And I said, you know, you guys told me and they, we moved is why. They're not supposed to go to your house. We had moved. And so they came to our new house. And I said, you guys told me that I had to be perfect. Your friend was sinfully angry with me for about an hour. What hope do you have? You know, just getting them to think. I'll tell you about Christ. And I did. I told them about Christ. That guy didn't believe the Mormon stuff. He was doing his duty. Uh, political pollsters, share with telemarketers. We had an elderly lady that told me, I feel terrible, I'm bedridden, there is nothing that I can do to serve Christ. And I said, oh my, that is so not true, no. I hope that you pray for these girls every day that are serving you. I hope you're praying for me every day. I hope you're praying for your family every day. I hope that when these girls come in here, you tell them about Jesus. I said, I hear your phone ringing five times every time I visit you. I hope you witness to those telemarketers. She started doing that. The telemarketers would call her, and she would say, you know, and telemarketers, you have to be different than the people at your door. I trade time with the people at my door. Telemarketers, you just start talking, right? All right, let me tell you about Jesus, right? Make them hang up on you. <laughs> Some of them listen. Sometimes they listen. This lady loved that. She, she had a purpose renewed, you see? She was bedridden. She had a purpose renewed. She could pray. She could share Christ. And she was actually, I heard her tell some of the girls about Christ one day. It was so sweet. God is saving people. You believe that? Amen. That's why we're here, right? God is saving people. Jesus said he was build his church. We're just the messengers. We're the ambassador. You are God's plan, there's no plan B. That's scary. <laughs> Except for there's a God. Amen? There's a God. He's doing the work. I hope you're encouraged. Now we have a few resources here. My wife, I made my, this is a terrible husband, I made my wife carry a heavy bag for me because I forgot. And uh, you can see we like donuts as well. This is a donut land bag. There's two good things here, donuts and gospel literature. Not in that order. I'd like to, oh, I'd like to close us with this. First of all, thank you for allowing me to speak to you this week. It's a privilege. If you're willing, now, as I told you, if you just want one of these and you just want to see it, that's okay, you can have one. I brought enough for everyone, I believe. What I would really love, and, and I don't want you to make some commitment, okay? Because James warns us about that, and Tom's going to, you know, tell us about that tonight, and that would be, you know, oh, he told us to, and now he told us not to. I don't want you to do that, but I want you to really pray about it and, and just try to work with this. If you would take one of these, read it, make sure that you that take it to your Bible and make sure that it says what's right. It's written by a very godly man, Mark Cahill, neat guy. 
and talk to one person within the next week and tell them, you know what? And this is very simple. All you have to tell them is, this can show you how to be sure you're right with God through Jesus Christ. That's simple, amen? I mean, that just takes a few words. You introduce yourself, be friendly, and say, you know what? I care about you. I just want you to have, to be able to make an informed decision. I'm not trying to ram anything down your throat. I just want you to know the truth. And I would love it if you would read this. It's a booklet. It's more than a tract, but it's less than a book. It's not as scary for people. And uh, so I would love that. And I would love for you to have one anyway, either way. And if God is working your heart, maybe you'll use it later. And uh, if the person's a Christian, ask them to share it with someone else, whatever. But let's pray.